This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin. You're tuned into the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Miniature Malaysia is a gallery in Sungai Wang that showcases the interesting tapestry of landscapes and lives in Malaysia in the form of miniatures. Whether you're an enthusiast or not, I'm sure you'll be drawn into seeing facets of our lives being represented in a scale that's tiny but so true to life. It's a lifelong dream of its founder, Wan Cheng Huat, to replicate the lives of Malaysians into miniatures. And so in this week's episode, we're going to hear the stories from the person who gave himself the moniker, Le Grand Architect. Uh, yes, <laughs> That's me, a self-proclaimed architect. Uh, basically, I am actually not trained as an architect or engineer. I'm a biology graduate from University of Malaysia, Sabah. So I have this uh, vision of making this miniature and uh, gave myself that title, Le Grand Architect. How did you get into uh, miniature figurines or miniature sculpture? Like, is, is it just a hobby or like, how did you, you know, stumble upon it? So basically, I came across uh, this miniature as an accident. Uh, it wasn't intended, you know. I, I used to travel a lot uh, with my friends and buddies. We go around learning about countries, uh, their culture, their heritage. And, you know, we love all these things. We used to go to all the museums and galleries. And we don't know that what can we do, you know, to do for Malaysia. And if we could have these sort of things, right, uh, it would really make Malaysia very unique because... Well, we saw that uh, a lot of things that we, we, a lot of those attractions that we have in Malaysia, you 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 have the same thing in Singapore or in Thailand or Indonesia, right? If you say a uh, aquarium, zoo, shopping complex, you know, the other countries have it. But what really can we have to really stand out? So this idea born out back in 2008 with my friends and... We, we started um, developing it and it evolved to what it is today to represent Malaysia's uh, culture and heritage. Yeah. That's, that's what we've always been very fascinated about. All right, yeah. So so that's, I guess, that's to a certain extent the vision behind miniature, right? But what what's your personal relationship with, you know, miniature sculptures and figurines? Yeah, I, I have actually no background with miniature. <laughs> uh, we, we started doing this uh, just purely... Just jumping on the, the, the boat, you know, we, we have no experience in doing 3D printing at the start. We even uh, doing 3D design, right? We didn't have any background, uh, let alone doing these miniatures. Um, but that vision to have this, right, actually pushed us the, the uh, vision to, to make this place uh, is the, the actual driver that made us to believe and uh, to you know, basically learn all the traits. Huh? So we, we started off making miniatures, not really nice miniatures, but uh, we learned. We made better ones and, and we improve and we make even more realistic ones. And today, what we have today is uh, basically uh, all the trial and errors of the past many years of what we've been doing. So yeah, basically, for we, we, we stumbled, like I mentioned, we just stumbled on this accidentally and it's, uh, it, it just evolved to become what it is today. I see. So, so I, I guess to an extent, um, correct me if I'm wrong. You're more inspired by the idea of showcasing Malaysia in a totally different way, and the way to do it is via miniature sculpture rather than being a miniature enthusiast yourself uh, initially. Right. Correct. Because um, 
for me, it's very personal also because um, I'm, I'm Baba Nyonya and it's sad that my generation were, did not have anything passed down. You know, these traditions from, from my parents' time, right, about Baba Nyonya, not much have been passed down to us and, and it's going to sort of like uh, die off at our generation. And that, you know, pushed me to, you know, to do this so that I can do my part to instill this, uh, all this heritage and culture and you know, put into miniature. And it benefits me, it benefits everyone, it benefits the younger generation coming in. So that was actually the, what, what my personal driver to go into miniature. So. Why is it so appealing among the enthusiasts? Like, for example, I mean, I'm sure you have interacted with people who are actually like into miniatures, right? What is it that makes it so appealing to you know, people who are into it? Um, what makes it so appealing? Well, basically, they never expect to actually see what they see in here. Never did they expect that uh, the miniatures that we make, right, are so realistic. And it really, truly, sometimes when they walk around the the gallery, it makes them remember about their past. Because some sections of a miniature right, have uh, nostalgic miniatures. We, we, we showcase about the past. We showcase about the current. You know? So when they walk through, uh, they, they'll feel like, hey, I belong here. You know, I've been through this before and I can share it with my, you know, if they come with their kids, they, they're able to tell their kids, you know, this is how um, mommy grew up last time. This is how it looks like. So, in that sense, uh, it creates a bond between the relationship. And when people come in, right, um, they never actually had that expectation that this would happen. So when they leave miniature, they really feel that they have been, you know, touched really deep in their heart that um, there's, there's such place that exists. And it really speaks about the culture, uh, the, the heritage that we put in. So I, I guess the, our visitors, when they come in, the, the main thing that feel appealing is because they can connect with our miniatures and, and it somehow brings back the memories of their past, the happy, the, the sad, you know, all, all, all of those things. Let's talk about something that's a bit more technical. How did you decide on the scale to showcase um, these aspects of Malaysia? Um, considering that I think I've been to the museum and I realised that, you know, there are some some of your dioramas are a bit bigger and some are a bit smaller, right? So how did you decide on the scale uh, and how to showcase it better to, to your audience? Uh, a little bit of the background was before moving to Sungai Wang, our, our old location was in Summit and the entire miniature was built on a 187 scale. And um, during that time, uh, over three years, we've got a lot of feedbacks from um, our visitors at the time, they're, they're letting us know, you know, sometimes the details are too small to, to actually look at or even appreciate. You know? So when we, we moved here to Sungai Wang, we thought that it would be nice to have a different skills, especially the, the models that showcases about food and the dioramas that are showcases about the sceneries of Malaysia. So we, uh, we, we tested many types of um, models, uh, different skills, and we came to a decision to make uh, the models at around between 1.8 to 1.12 scales for certain section. And uh, the other part of the section, we still maintain it at 1.87 scale. Um, the reason why 1.87 is because the trains that we have are running on 1.87. And this is a very 
uh, popular skill uh, in Europe and and the other American countries where they, they have this uh, railroad trains uh, exhibition. All right. Okay. So um, what what I find quite interesting about how you approach your dioramas and also your exhibition is you don't only showcase the usual landscapes, but you try to showcase places that are quite, I would say, I mean, not as mainstream, you know, um, and, and that's pretty refreshing for me. The fact that I guess um, you're not just showcasing, I mean, you do showcase the, you know, Datara Merdeka, a miniature version of Datara Merdeka and whatnot, but at the same time, you also showcase different parts of the country and the, not only focusing on, again, the usual spots, but spots that are, I guess, quite um, unique and less known among others, right? So what made you decide on that kind of curation process? And how did you go about, I guess, um, replicating that for your miniature exhibition? Considering that I think it's almost true to scale to some extent. Um, did you have to do a lot of research and did you have to go on the ground and you know, take photos, take videos and whatnot? Yeah. Um, so the idea to showcase all, uh, all these hidden gems of uh, Malaysia, right? Uh, basically drawn back uh, from our first, uh, from our very first idea uh, to really showcase about Malaysia. And... We always are very proud to talk about other countries and we forget, we tend to forget that Malaysia has really a lot of these hidden gems and unexplored places. And that's the, the true inspiring thing about what uh, this whole project is about is we are able to go to these places, replicate them and present it to people. And... True enough, uh, we are very fortunate that people share the same view. When they come in, they 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 do appreciate that Malaysia has so many of these uh, hidden gems, uh, places that they have not visited before. And going through miniature uh, actually really put them in a position that, hey, I may even consider going to these places when you know the borders of uh, the state borders open up, and it really helped to promote the local domestic travel in, in Malaysia now, especially during this COVID period, right? Where they cannot go overseas. So yeah, basically that was the, our um, our intention. And to answer your question about the buildings, literally had to go down to the site and measure the buildings by hand. Uh, I will usually go down with my partner, uh, uh, Chi Wing, and he'll be taking photographs while I'll be standing with my hands apart trying to measure the building, the, the windows. Uh, we can't really use the measuring tape because you can't see it on the camera. So we will take notes and, and we draw sketches and I'll use my full body as the reference. And from there, from the photograph of the 360 uh, of the buildings, we will translate that into the 3D drawings. So from the 3D drawings, we will typically take around maybe a day to two days, three days, depending on how big the building is. And we will draw it out, each facade, until we get the whole entire building. And that was back in 2014 to 2015. And with the advancement of Google, this uh, street view, you know, the Google map and, and YouTube with uh, high definition drone footages around Malaysia. It really helped us to explore other buildings and draw them out without going to those places. So that technology really helped us in a sense that uh, brings down the cost by a lot. We don't need to travel to that place. Yeah. 
That was Wan Cheng Huat, founder of Miniature Malaysia, a gallery that showcases Malaysia in a very small scale. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharudin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, you're listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharudin. Joining me on the show today via Zoom is Wan Cheng Huat, the founder of Miniature Malaysia, a museum that replicates Malaysia's wonderful layers of cultures and landscapes in the form of miniatures. We ended the conversation in the first part of the show by talking about the technical aspects of creating an exhibition of this scale and we're going to pick up from where we left off. So, um, from, I guess, the research process, how long then did it take you to actually come up with the actual uh, replicas and all the actual uh, sculptures and figurines? Uh, and, you know, you mentioned earlier about using 3D printers. Uh, apart from 3D printers, and how else do you create all these miniature figurines? What are the items that you use to actually create these things? Mm. The entire planning and research uh, of the place took me around roughly around two years, if I can remember, to draw out and make every single building uh, design. Just for your info, the, all the buildings was drawn by only me, one person. Uh, we couldn't hire, we didn't have enough budget to hire other people to help draw. So we had, uh, had to learn and, and draw the buildings myself. Uh, I have zero background of uh, 3D design. I just learned it you know, from scratch and, and pick, pick up all the skills along the way. It's a long process to learn and study that. And that took me around two years to draw the entire set that we, we have today in Sungai Wang. And the, most of the buildings that you see here are made out of 3D printing materials, uh, which is plastics, uh, ABS plastics. Uh, reason why we chose plastics other than wood, right, is uh, basically goes back to the cost and also it goes back to the durability of it. If you, 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 you have visited our miniature, right, you notice that there's no barrier. Uh, we don't put in a, an acrylic uh, cover to protect the buildings. We actually let you touch the building, you know, go very close to the building, take photographs, right? So uh, we needed the building to be very uh, solid and rigid in, in the structure. So we had to resort to use, uh, to use plastics. And with plastics, you, we don't get rottings, we don't get insects coming in to eat up the wood and stuff like that. So that, that's one of the few reasons why we chose plastics to, to be our building material for the buildings. Uh, apart from that, the other dioramas and the other figurines are mostly made by hand uh, using clay. We use uh, all sorts of material from even mixing our own formula you know of uh, clay to to make the the models more like cloths right you, you we can't use certain type of polymer clay we have to make our own version for tables we use wood we, we use metal we use all sorts of hardware uh, to put in to make our miniatures so there's a lot of uh, tough uh, a lot of tough process to go through for each of them and the that part of the work was we have around 30 over modelers. Yeah, if I, if I can remember right, we have over 30 over modelers building all these miniatures. And it's um, cross-border. We've got some from Indonesia. We've got from Singapore, uh, China, Thailand. 
And uh, we have a handful from Malaysia uh, that's uh, putting their time and effort to build the miniatures. It's actually a, a very thorough and wholesome process involving a lot of like moving parts as well. Right? It's not just, I mean, as much as I know you do some things by yourself, um, you do require a bit of help from others as well, right? Right, because to make the miniatures, the each of the artists, the miniature artists, right, they are very specialized in their skill set. So the person that makes uh, the human figurines, they rarely make other types of miniature. So uh, we have to, uh, our job is to make sure that they, they make the right scale, the right color scheme, you know, and uh, also the the sort of, uh, it has to blend together once we, we put everything together. So that was the ultimate challenge from our side to, to make things happen. I, I visited the place and like what I find very interesting is how realistic some things look. Like for example, I think your exhibition on Malaysian food is very, very realistic looking. And I'm like very impressed by that. Like what was the perfect quote unquote recipe to actually make, you know, these sculptures look real in that sense, you know, like it's not just, I guess, getting the colors right, right? It's also about portraying it down to that little detail, right? Generally, it's just about how much time you want to put into the model making and how much uh, mistake you actually made before that. <laughs> Many people do not see that uh, we made a lot of mistakes before making such a beautiful thing. So it's the, the process of uh, trying and, and doing it again and again and again until you get that perfect color or the perfect shape that we want. That's that's basically about it. How much effort we put into it, it will just come out from the output of the, the models. All right. Okay. And so um, the way you organize your exhibition is that it's not just, uh, you don't just display all the miniatures, right? Your sculptures and everything. You also include interactive elements for visitors to engage with with your dioramas, right? Uh, I mean, not, not putting them behind uh, acrylic cases is one thing, but you also put some interactive elements for them to be able to engage with them, right? Um, how did that idea come about? You know, is that something that you think is beneficial for visitors to also be able to just engage with it just beyond just, I guess, looking at, at these sculptures, right? Or these miniature figurines. Correct. Yeah, the main objective of what we wanted to do with the, the gallery was we just wanted people to go in and just be wow, you know. So when we ourselves walked into it, right, we found there was a bit lacking. We didn't have any movements, or if we did not have any sound or uh, things to to make to make things interesting. So we we put in a lot of thoughts of um, what would really impress uh, our visitor. So that is how we, we started putting in sensors for you to activate the miniatures, you know, to move, to have sound, to even have the trains moving around. And at certain sections of the gallery, you, you actually get to see light shows. And that light show is part of the experience going into miniature. And if it wasn't because of COVID, we would have our augmented reality app running we actually was uh, looking into doing uh, augmented reality and virtual reality back in 2019. And it's just too bad that because of COVID, uh, we had to shelf that idea. Yeah, it's not, not only that. I, I guess even the way the narrative is weaved, like in showcasing a certain scene, it's not just about showcasing that scene. You know, I, I like the way how you 
write a story, you know, describing the situation, which makes it more relatable. And it's as if, you know, these sculptures, these figurines are actually, you know, people that have backstories. You know, I am like, when I saw it and read all the narratives, the way it was written, it made me feel like, it's as if, you know, like these figurines actually have, you know, their own personal lives, if you think about it, right? Right. So, yeah, correct. That, that's exactly the essence of what we want to do here. The Our tagline for miniatures, the, actually, we call it uh, the mini stories of Malaysia. And what actually made Malaysia so special is all the people with their mini stories coming together, with their everyday life, doing what they do, and just basically being Malaysian. So we thought that that was one of the most important thing that we all, it's the everyday things that we see in Malaysia that we don't think is special, but it's actually very special. And we didn't want to make it so sort of like uh, too serious, like a museum, you know, like you, when you go to a museum, you just read in information. Uh, we wanted it to be like a story. When you go in, you read a story. While you read the story, you actually reveal the entire model, the information that we want to present to you in that story. So I guess it worked. <laughs> it, was a, it was just a sort of like a, an idea. We, we tested that idea. Mm. All right. Um, you mentioned the pandemic affecting, you know, what you want to do just now. Um, I guess we have to talk about that. Um, I understand that the pandemic has been quite rough on you and the team as well, right? If you don't mind sharing, maybe you can share a bit, you know, how it impacted miniature. Yeah. When we moved here to Sungai Wang, we never really anticipated the pandemic. I guess no one really anticipated the, the extent of the pandemic. We open for business on the 3rd of March, 2020. Uh, that was our grand opening. And little did we know, we had to close uh, our shutters uh, on the 18th of March. That's two weeks uh, after our opening. So we never really got to build the business in any way. And because we just opened, most of our reserve was uh, almost zero because we have already spent most of it for marketing for the opening, we, we have spent for bloggers to come, a lot of influencers, and for the event itself. And sad that we couldn't recover those uh, spendings. Huh? And we never thought that it would be more than two weeks or two, you know, or even one month or two months. The tourism, our tourism business, uh, the industry was locked down for the longest time ever. Uh, unlike the other businesses, the, the retail business, they were allowed to open. The tourist industry was not given that, that liberty. So for us, we, we struggled a lot on our finances because we had no way to generate any income. And we, we tried to pivot, but most of our business is drawing people to the physical area. And we even tried to do 360 virtual walks and stuff like that but it didn't really work out because the miniatures are too small and the cameras don't really do it justice it doesn't really represent awesomeness of the models so we scrapped that idea we, we even tried to do sort of like uh, online talks all sort of things uh, to make things work but it just wasn't enough to help us go through this period and it was a very sad sad thing to do was 
on October last year, we had to retrench all our team because we couldn't sustain anyone anymore. That was the announcement of the, if I'm not wrong, the second or the third MCO. I think it was the second MCO. And we, we just couldn't, you know, hold on anymore. So we had to let go everyone. In a way, is to let them go out to look for a job. At least they are not held back by miniature itself. But it was a sad thing. My, my team spent so much time doing this place, building up this place and, and believing in this dream. And we couldn't, I couldn't take care of them because these guys are like my family. I, I felt like I failed my family in the sense uh, that I couldn't, I couldn't do my part to protect them. And, and as the lockdown continued, I was trying to sell off my house to get financing. But the market was so soft, you know, the, the real estate market was so bad that not many people was buying. Uh, I still have my house on, on sale today because I still need that money to survive. <laughs> and because I believe in this dream uh, that uh, we should have this miniature here in Malaysia. So that's my current situation that uh, what I'm trying to do to keep this place alive. So where are you at the moment now that we're opening up and what are your plans to continue surviving moving forward? With the economy now starting to open up and the government sort of having uh, more clear guidelines that they may not be locking down or closing down the businesses, that is sort of like a light at the end of the tunnel, which uh, we've been waiting for so long to to see. What makes us hopeful today is because a lot of our visitors who visited us before are actually helping us to promote miniature. They, they felt that miniature is so uh, special that they, they want to do their part to promote to their friends, their family, and to, to let people know that there is such place. For us, it's, we feel very fortunate because uh, we didn't have much budget left for marketing. Uh, most of our budget is already gone. And for people to come in to support us that way, we feel very, very grateful. And when, when we see our visitors coming in, our, our customers coming in and they're telling us, you know, my, my brother came the other day and he told me you have to visit this place and I'm here now. That really puts a smile on, on us, uh, our face. And it keeps our fire burning. And uh, with the economy starting to open up more and more and uh, the restrictions, you know, slowly that, that more relaxed and we've I do hope that Omicron is not as uh, lethal and we, we still get to see more people coming out. Uh, previously, we, we see too many scare stories around and people are just uh, afraid to come out. But we, we do see that uh, more people are a bit more brave now and they're starting to visit these places, uh, especially like place, place, small places like Miniature. And we are quite hopeful at this, at this current position now to look uh, at a sort of a better future of miniature. You know, continuing on the path of innovation, you're also, I guess, entering the crypto and also the NFT game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, maybe you can share a bit about that. Uh, yes, correct. That, that was uh, one of the decisions that we started to do last late last year in December, where uh, miniature started to accept crypto as a form of payment. And we, we saw that there is this gap for having an, a platform or a place to actually give sort of like awareness or education about NFTs, about uh, cryptos and all this metaverse. So that 
made us make that decision to, you know, why not use miniature? Because we already have the space. We have a, we have a small area that we can do talks. And that was the idea that uh, we wanted to sort of uh, transition miniature to be like a spearhead, you know, to, to push this uh, NFT into in, in Malaysia, into a new level. Because there's still a lot of people not understanding what is NFT. They still don't know, they're not aware how to go about it. And we, we thought that, you know, having a physical place like this, we are able to talk to people and, and guide them. Even like artists, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, artists that uh, does art, sculptures, miniature works also, that uh, they don't know how to start. They don't know where to start in this world of NFT. And we, we thought it would be cool uh, that miniature can be a part of it and help the uh, platform to do this education and, and awareness for the public. Um, so uh, for people out there who would like to find out more about uh, miniature or would like to visit miniature, where can they go to? Yep, you, you can visit uh, our website, which is miniature.com or you can search on Facebook, uh, Miniature Malaysia. That is uh, M-I-N-N-A-T-U-R-E Malaysia. And you, you get to see all our updates and our latest miniatures and our promotions that, that we have there. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and that was Wan Cheng Huat, founder of Miniature Malaysia, a museum that showcases Malaysia in the form of miniature replicas that's quite true to life. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and also Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Sanif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capitals city. Happy Chinese New Year and Gong Si Fa Chai. Have a safe celebration. Join us again next week only on BFM 89.9 The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9 The Business Station.